Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, I mean, the Jets, not a very prolific offense, but I thought they had a very, very good game plan, and they did exactly what the Packers did last week. They ran the ball really well. By the way, Packers head coach and the Jets offensive coordinator are brothers. You think they weren't talking yeah. a little bit about what to do, the LaFleurs? Um, and on top of that, um, they did a great job getting the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands. They didn't allow him to sit back there and be a sitting duck and you know rush him. And we talked about getting pressure on him. We talked about how poor he is at making decisions when he has pressure. In this game, there wasn't a lot of pressure because they made sure of it by getting rid of the ball quickly. And I thought the Bills didn't do a good enough job of recognizing that or getting to where they needed to um, and maybe having a good enough technique on the outside to go with those RPOs and quick uh, strike passing game. Yeah, I think it was a good game plan from the Jets, but I also don't think that if you're trying to find, and I'm not saying that you're doing this, but I think that most people always want to try and find a side to blame and they go, oh, it was the offense or, oh, it was the defense. And I think both sides deserve a little bit of, well, I think both sides deserve some amount of blame for this. Oh yeah. I point more of it to the offense though. And I know that the Jets don't have a prolific defense, but at the end of the day, without Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White, if you want to throw him in there, and then Greg Rousseau for a chunk of the second half, they still held the Jets to 20 points. I think most Bills fans, if they said going into this game, the Jets are going to score 20 points, you would say, okay, the Bills are going to win 30 to 20 or something like that. So I think the run defense is something that's a bit concerning. That being said, I'm not overly concerned with the defense, especially knowing they're getting those pieces back at some point. I'm still more concerned with the offense. That's just my opinion, though. I'm just as concerned about the defense in the run game. They've given up. Uh, let me just go back. I, I I did the math a little bit earlier tonight. We're recording, by the way, on Sunday night. On the team plane, I was doing math. Never want to do that when you're flying. It's just that was already yeah. a long day. They've given up uh, 382 rushing yards over their last two games. Oof. They gave up 5.2 yards a carry, 112 yards um, against the against the um, uh, Jets on Sunday. Uh, to me, that is very concerning. I am concerned about that. I think it's a trend. I think other teams are going to try and do it. Sean McDermott sounded very concerned after the game about it, by the way. I'm upset, at least. Maybe not concerned. He was very upset about it after the game. Um, this is what teams are going to do against the Bills. They're going to try and run the ball. Now, I will say, 
Without Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer, I think that obviously matters a lot. I thought DeMar Hamlin actually played pretty well against the run. But Matt Milano, to me, Matt, they really miss him today. And yeah, this, no is no, this is no snide on Terrell Bernard, but he's a rookie. And Matt Milano's playing an all-pro level, and he would have really helped. Yeah, for sure. I think he's maybe their most impactful guy besides Von Miller right now. He has been a freak. It's him and Jordan Poyer. And both of those guys weren't on the field. Same thing can be said about Jordan Poyer. There were a couple plays that were runs to the outside, whether it was Carter or Robinson and Jaquan Johnson was pursuing and either he over pursued or he didn't make the tackle. And I'm thinking to myself, these 15 yard gains that the jets are getting, those are two yard gains. Those are maybe even a couple yard losses, probably with Jordan Poyer out on the field. The thing that is concerning to me is that the run defense has really struggled. And then the next two weeks, when you're trying to snap out of this, you get Delvin cook, and then you get Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. So that's concerning because those teams are going to try and come in here and say, okay, you're at home. We're going to try and keep the ball out of your offense's hands. We're going to try and just chew as much clock as possible. And those are running backs who can carry those crazy workloads. So I don't think it's going to be something that is a massive problem at the end of the year, but I think it's something they need to work through right now. Yeah. The run defense wasn't very good, but the tackling wasn't very good either. When they had opportunities, Matt, it seemed like the tackling was not good. In fact, I will say in the locker room after the game, lots of defenders talked about their issues tackling, which was interesting to me. So that came up from the players that they felt they didn't tackle very well. And to me, it was not taking good angles, right? Getting there, just not being able to stop a guy when you had a, uh, you, you had an opportunity, got a hand on him, didn't take a great angle, but the tackling was not particularly uh, good in this game either. No. And it just felt like the Bills should have had some sort of remedy to try and adjust to what the jets were doing and they couldn't. And I right. don't know if that's something that's solely on the players. Well, it's not solely on the players. It's something that the coaching staff probably should have been able to figure out because the jets were doing the same thing for most of the game. It was let's try and run the ball. We're going to run these little five, six, seven yard outs with Garrett Wilson. We're going to take a few shots. They did not try and stretch the field after their first drive of the game. They took a deep shot. It was incomplete. After that, it was all the same stuff and the bills just didn't have an answer to it. And I think they were okay with kind of letting the jets slowly work their way down the field. But still at the end of the day, I mean, I, like I said, I think the offense deserves more of the blame, but I am surprised that this defense gave up 20 points to the jets. When you consider the other teams that they've held kind of around that number, it wasn't the points that bothered me as much like 20 points. I agree with you on that. I'll give you an example here though. Tie game seven fifty three left jets got the ball at their own far, four yard line, Matt. They yes. ran the ball eight straight times and took six, 10 off the clock and covered 81 yards and 13 plays. The bills buckled at the end, gave themselves an opportunity, but that was the concerning part. Like that, that was the formula. They knew where they were going to run. They knew what they were doing. They couldn't stop it. That's why to me, it's not one blame, no blame. It's everybody has a hand in it. I think Josh Allen, I agree with you. If he plays better, they probably win this game. And you know, they're not and the jets. Can't even they have to get out of that run game late, right? Because the jets would be chasing. Um, but that was concerning. I didn't think they got enough from their interior defensive front. We we talked so much about them, but they weren't very good against the run. In fact, I looked, I think they only had a total of like five or six sacks amongst all of the players uh, up in that area. So there was a lot of blame, as you say, to go around in this game, no doubt. And even in the kicking game, Tyler Bass missed a field goal. That's going to happen. It was a long field goal. He also uh -huh. kicked a ball out of bounds that gave the yeah. Jets about the 40 yard line. Now I understand that they didn't score in that drive, but that was the, the drive. I think Von Miller had the sack and uh, there was a fumble, but it just goes to show you that 
everybody seemed like they were off and didn't have their a game in this one because Tyler Bass is usually a lot more reliable and consistent. Yeah. There were just something that was, and I, and like I said, I was watching the game on television, but from the entire game, it just felt like something was off about the bills. And I don't exactly know what to pinpoint it down to. I tweeted that there were some similarities between the Jacksonville game last year, just kind of like the vibes. And it just didn't feel like right for some reason. And I know that that's a lot different of a case. And the Jags last year were a much worse team than the jets are. I'm going to try and be a little glass half full here, which is tough because I'm almost just negative by nature, but we look at the two. No, you're not, by the way, that is, you're not at all. I'm not, not I'm not like, overly negative. I just kind of always assume that things are, you know what I mean? I'm like very waiting for the, yeah, you're always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop maybe sometimes. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Kind of always. I mean, they've lost two games. They're still six and two and the two games that they've lost, they probably could have won against teams that are pretty good. That's the thing. These teams are six and three. I think the, the AFC East is the best division in football right now. So these teams are beating up on each other. It's not going to be a cakewalk from here on out. I think the bills are going to write the ship a little bit here, but yeah, I mean, I do think it says something that you can have six really bad quarters of football and still beat the Packers and then still probably should beat the jets. Uh, I'm not, I'm not like giving excuses or anything like that. They needed to win this game. They should have won this game. They're going to regret not winning this game potentially down the road, but maybe the jets are pretty good. Maybe we'll see. I mean, they do. By the way, that was the other thing some players said, well, we'll see them again in a few weeks. They'll see Miami. They'll see them. But now you have two division games on the road that you've lost. And that's just putting them behind the eight ball. Let's talk about where this puts the bills in the big picture in the AFC.